turn from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our text today is going to be taken from the reading we just heard in the Gospel of John. He is risen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. We pray. Almighty Father, we give you thanks today that you have gathered us to hear your word so that our hearts may be strengthened in faith. And we pray this day, O Lord, that as you visit us with your Holy Spirit, that we would learn to trust you more and more, even though we do not always see what you give us to believe. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, in Jesus' name. Oh, man, did you guys hear about Will Smith and Chris Rock? Did you guys hear about this? Oh, if you don't, you must be living under a Chris Rock. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but did you hear about this? This was crazy. So you're at the Oscars there, and Chris Rock is giving his opening monologue, and he makes fun of Will Smith's wife, and Will Smith gets so mad that he goes up on stage, and he slaps Chris Rock in the face. He hits him, and then he starts cussing him out from the audience. It was crazy. I couldn't believe it. I hardly believed it. Will Smith, the fresh prince of Bel-Air, happy, funny men in black, Will Smith, doing this, hitting a guy in the face, I have a hard time believing that's true, so much so that I had to see it for myself. So I went to YouTube, and I watched it more than five times. I've seen this thing happen a whole lot. (laughs) I had to see it to believe it. Now, I am not just telling you this. You can kind of hopefully see where this is going, but I'm not just telling you this this morning because I want to bring you up to date on the latest celebrity gossip, though I do think that would be a fun part of the sermon uh, from here on out. Uh, just what happened in celebrity gossip this week. But I'm not going to do that. I'm telling you this today because the way I responded to that I think is pretty standard for a lot of us. We have to see something to believe it, to, to wrap our heads around it, to be able to analyze it for ourselves. And we happen to live in a day and age where we are able to do that. Everything that happens is online. If it didn't happen, if it's not online, did it even happen? That's what we want to know. We can see everything. So whether it's the latest celebrity gossip or the latest faux pas from a politician in a speech or some incredible athletic feat from the latest game that we wanted to watch uh, but we we had to miss, we can all see everything. And then when we see it, we can judge it. We can analyze it. We can critique it for ourselves so that we get to be a part of the conversation. So that when we listen to other analysts, not only can we sort of analyze the thing that we've seen, we can analyze the analysis. We can analyze the analyst with our own expert opinion because we have seen it with our own eyes. Now, I'm not saying anything good or bad about this. I'm not critiquing any of this. I just think this is kind of the reality that we live in right now. Though, to be honest, this is why I get on social media so I can join uh, the collective judgment in real time and very often for this. Uh, It gives me reason to confess my sins on Sunday morning. But I tell you this also, because for us, seeing is believing and understanding and analyzing. Seeing is believing. And because I think this way, I have a hard time agreeing with Jesus' words this morning. When Jesus says this, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Don't get me wrong, I believe Jesus' words, I trust 
those words. They're spoken by a guy who rose from the dead. I trust what Jesus says. But I have a really hard time agreeing with it. Because for me, i got to see it to believe it. I'm a kind of a lot like Thomas in our reading today. Now, Jesus actually spoke these words to Thomas, who we sort of unfairly named Doubting Thomas. That's not really fair, nor is it correct. Thomas was not doubting the resurrection of Jesus. He just didn't believe it. He was unbelieving Thomas in that moment. He had no faith that Jesus rose from the dead. But it's also unfair for us to pick on Thomas because he wasn't the only one who didn't believe. The other disciples didn't believe either. In fact, that's why we find them at the beginning of our reading today locked in an upper room for fear of the Jews, John says. They'd witnessed Jesus' betrayal. They'd witnessed his arrest. They knew what was coming next, that he was going to be scourged and beaten and crucified, and they were worried that they were next. So they ran and they hid. They were there for days. They started hiding, you know, Friday, and then, or I guess Thursday, and they're still hiding there on Sunday. Am I ringing here? Um, I don't know what we need to mute. We've got microphones on over in the choir area. Let's mute those. No? All right. Um, Maybe just bring me down a little bit. I can yell if, uh, if need be. All right, we'll, we'll see what, what goes on. Uh, but the disciples were upstairs uh, for fear of the Jews. And they are shocked and amazed and not expecting what happened next. You fixed it. Nice job, Rick. There you go. We got it. I think that, I think that fixed the problem. Uh, they were not expecting Jesus to show up. They were unbelieving, just like Thomas. And then yet, somehow, miraculously, Jesus comes through the locked door, and this is what he says to them. Peace be with you. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples were glad when they saw the And before we move on from this, I love the way that Jesus addresses the apostles when he walks into the room. He doesn't, he doesn't critique them. He doesn't judge them. He doesn't accuse them of being cowards and fleeing and betraying him. The first words out of Jesus' mouth are, peace be with you. For when Jesus rises from the dead, that's what he comes to bring. Peace, reconciliation between God and man. And he comes with forgiveness and love in his voice. Peace be with you. And this peace becomes contagious. The disciples go out and they start sharing this news, this peaceful news with everyone, including Thomas. They go and they find their friend, Thomas, who for whatever reason wasn't with them. The disciples were, were scattered there on Monday, Thursday, and so uh, he probably ran and hid somewhere else. But they eventually find him, and they tell him, we have seen the Lord. But Thomas won't believe. Thomas said, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Thomas is saying, I've got to see this to believe it. He is simply not buying their story. He wants to see Jesus so he can judge for himself. And it's not Jesus, because he doesn't really believe that Jesus has risen from the dead. He wants to see what the disciples saw. He wants to have this experience for himself. He wants to view, uh, view the video so he himself can judge and analyze what he thinks actually took place. Further, I have to wonder 
is a little bit of Thomas's response isn't this. Why them and not me? Now, I don't know if Thomas was thinking that at all. I don't know if that thought crossed Thomas's mind. But I'll tell you what, it's crossed my mind. Why those guys and not me? How come they get to see Jesus and I don't? Why do they get to touch the wounds and I have to just trust that the wounds exist? Why do they get to see all the miracles and follow him and I don't get to see this? I mean, listen, I have to go to YouTube to figure out whether or not Will Smith actually hit Chris Rock and now you want me to believe that someone rose from the dead without seeing it? I'm with Thomas many days. Seeing is believing. And I want to see it. I want to see Jesus. Well, listen to what happens to Thomas as the account goes on. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it into my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered, my Lord and my God. Thomas did this. He saw him. He touched him. The Lord actually gave himself to Thomas. He gave his hands and his side to Thomas to touch and see and believe. And in seeing, Thomas actually comes to faith. And then he gives his analysis. Though it's not really analysis, that's not the right word. He gives his, his confession of faith. He's the same risen Jesus, and he says, my Lord and my God. Thomas went from unbelief to faith in the matter of seconds because he got to see and touch the risen Lord. And I wish I had the YouTube. I wish I could go and watch this for myself. Don't you agree? Don't you think it would be better for us to see Jesus rather than to just hear about him? Don't you think it would be better for our faith if we also could touch the wounds and hear him speak from his own lips? I think that would be better. But Jesus disagrees with me today. Jesus says I'm wrong about this. He says to Thomas, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not and yet have believed. Now, I don't think he's disparaging Thomas so much. I don't think he's saying Thomas is not blessed because he saw Jesus. Of course Thomas is blessed to see and touch the risen Lord. But do not think that Thomas is more blessed than you today because you are hearing of something that Thomas had to see to believe, but the Lord Jesus has decided to deal with you through your ears and not your eyes. And you are just as blessed as Thomas. Not more so. Because the Lord Jesus has come to you and given you his word so that you would know that he is in fact risen from the dead and he has risen from the dead to declare sin, death, and the devil conquered and defeated. He is risen from the dead so that you might know your sins are forgiven. And blessed are you today because you are hearing this with your own two ears. What's more, I think that we need to remember today how overrated seeing things can actually be. Seeing doesn't always equal believing. Even in our own day, we know 
how much we have to question what we see because we can see a lot of stuff with our own eyes. But then what happens? All kinds of other analysis come in. People start to twist and manipulate uh, the facts of what we see with all kinds of other information that we may have not been aware of. So often what we see is recast and reinterpreted to, offer, to, to foster doubt. Seeing doesn't always help. What's more, think about the miracles that Jesus performed. How so many people saw those miracles and he performed those miracles so that they would believe in him. And then afterwards, what happened? They didn't believe. They just demanded more miracles. They wanted more proof. They wanted to see it again. The miracles weren't enough. Sure, they saw something amazing, but then they would demand to see something else, and we would be the exact same way. Seeing doesn't always satisfy. Our eyes are always hungry for more. So Jesus has decided to work with us, not by means of our eyes, but by means of our ears. He finds that going for your ears is a much better way of getting to your heart. And so he gives us a word to hear. In fact, this is why the Bible was written. It's, it's worth remembering that the Bible was written to a culture that largely was illiterate. So it would be read out loud. The Bible was written to be heard, and what we hear in the Scriptures was written so that we would believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is exactly what John says today about his own gospel. He says, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, that by believing, you may have life in his name. In other words, Jesus gave himself to Thomas sort of as the physical risen Lord. He has given himself to you on the pages of the scripture and the preaching of his word. In fact, faith, we understand, comes through hearing. This is exactly what St. Paul writes to us in Romans 10, where he says faith comes through hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. What is that word of Christ that creates faith in our hearts? What's the word you heard Jesus give to his disciples today when he appeared to them that Easter evening in the upper room? The word that says, peace be with you. Then he breathed on them the Holy Spirit. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. And if you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. So Jesus says to you today, blessed are you. For you have come here today into this church, this place of hearing. For you are to receive the very thing Jesus won for you in his death on the cross and gives to you through his resurrection from the dead. The forgiveness of your sins. Jesus says, if you withhold forgiveness from anyone, it is withheld. So far be it from me to do that today. And instead, I stand up here in the stead and by the command of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit to announce to you Christ is risen indeed, and your sins are forgiven. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, you are forgiven. Would you look at that? Or probably better said, listen to this. It's a miracle that's taken place. You hear this news, and lo and behold, you believe. You believe without seeing. 
You have faith. Faith is a miracle that the Lord Jesus has performed in your ears and your heart by giving you His Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so today, blessed are you who believe without seeing. Amen. We pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for your Word. And we ask you never to take your word from us, for it is our life and our salvation, the sustenance we need to sustain us into everlasting life. Continue to feed us and nourish us with your word. Convict us of our sins. Drive us to your son for forgiveness. And always give us grace. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Having heard the word of our Lord,